Welcome to the drunk tank. Take a shot and much thanks for you coming out tonight. Have a seat and come in, yeah. yeah. Now turn the lights down low. Drinks are in the back, we're about to start the show. Okay, landed and killed in the land of the free. Coming together to spread all the peace. There's more to the story than you'll ever see. Hear up both sides before you just agree. Some of it's funny and some of it's deep. Open your mind and I can't guarantee that we will leave you on the edge of your seats. Now over the docks and a man for CC, okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this brand new project from The Drunk Tank. This is the inaugural episode of the Drunk Tank Shots. The point of this is while we're on hiatus due to docs moving, we have decided and came up with this great idea to keep the content coming towards you that we would normally have put into the podcast. Update on docs is he has made it out after his long, long drive. They are situated at a friend's house just while they get the last minute things kind of sorted if anybody follows on twitter and on twitch you will have seen that he was on last night kind of just updating everybody so everything on that end absolutely fantastic we're hoping to get him back soon we're hoping to actually have him do an episode of this next week so let's see what happens and another update is for the podcast the plan is to have his back live on twitch on youtube and on podcasting platforms for the 1st of August which is a Sunday obviously things might come and go with that but that is the planned return of the actual podcast in between then we want to have this we are chatting back and forth to see if this would actually potentially be a weekly thing where we can use this as a platform to get the the topics and stuff that we couldn't fit into the actual podcast this could be kind of like a secondary news segment where we can talk further about different things so yeah that's pretty much it during this hiatus we do have a lot of other plans and projects that we want to see if we can get off the ground a lot of things are moving a lot of balls are rolling a lot of plans are in motion and it is feeling fucking good as you would have heard in the opening of this we have a great fucking musician that has done as a new intro for these episodes he's also and the, the, the works of getting as an intro and an outro for the podcast itself. So, Pat Danger, massive, massive fucking thank you for the work that you've done. The intro is absolutely phenomenal. I've let everybody here hear it because we officially have our own theme song. Uh, I think Docs has done the exact same. We're constantly kind of back and forward over the last couple of days about just how happy we are. It was It's exceeded far beyond our expectations of what we had planned for. So again, thank you so fucking much for that. Everybody, the links to his uh, SoundCloud, his Twitch, his YouTube, everything will be in the description below. So please go share the love show how amazing our community is and let's fucking thank him together about this amazing amazing piece of talent that he's given us so moving on uh the kind of layout of these shows are going to be either just me or docs with a topic in mind what we will still have the happy ending because that's an integral part of what is making the drunk tank what it is so the topic that I'm going to be talking about here is a bit of more of a local one so hopefully you'll be able to actually 
relate to it in, in some sense but the topic that I want to talk about is the media coverage that has been happening in the UK but specifically Scotland over the Euro 2020 tournament the football tournament over here in uh, Europe basically the media coverage hasn't been as non-biased towards the other home nations as one might think at the tournament England as usual has qualified for the tournament Scotland and Wales both also qualified so we had three home nations of the four at the tournament the the issue that I've been having with the tournament is the fact that as a Scot the amount of English bias that has been thrown down us and onto our media coverage has been unrelentless like it has just been like there's this constant argument about how the Scots always want to see England get beat they always want to support the team against England and there's this argument that it's because the Scots just hate the English which is far from the truth I know a lot of English and I fucking love them dearly like the English is not the problem the problem is the media coverage like leading up to the Scotland and England game the Scottish channels were inundated with how amazing England were they were showing England wins against Scotland, they were showing England games from the 60s, England games from the 90s about beating Scotland or just winning in general but there was no coverage of Scotland winning, no coverage of Scotland doing anything, I mean the Gaza goal from 1996 against Scotland was shown 17 times in the 48 hours in the lead up to the game and that was only on mainstream media channels that wasn't considering youtube and twitch and twitter and all this kind of stuff that were constantly showing so like it isn't until you start looking at that where you can actually maybe start understanding why the scots do not want england to win and why most of the other home nations don't want to see england win like, i mean for fuck's sake they keep on they're still going on about 1966 world cup win i mean i'm pretty sure germany have won the, the, the world cup four times since then but England will still go on about how they won the World Cup in 1966, but don't talk about how Scotland beat them 1-0 in the first game after they won the World Cup. They didn't show that in the telly, I'll tell you that. So the, the, the problem that there is is that the Scots get this bad view and impression that they hate the English, which is, is not true. Like, I promise you it is not true. Yes, there's a lot of Scots that just don't, like and even at that it's not necessarily that they hate the English it's the fact that they hate the English government and the English media that's that's what the difference is it's not the English people English people are fucking amazing and fantastic they're lovely and they're helpful and they're generous but it's the coverage that are shoved into the faces of everybody else uh, someone on Twitter kind of made the, the, the comparable of that it's, it's like England is like the big sister and brother that needs to have that attention that needs to have everyone say how amazing and wonderful they are to your expense that's what it is is like that's what it feels like personally is that us scots are just a, a cog in the works like but england is this amazing big brother that everyone should pay attention to and congratulate and thank and oh how wonderful they are so i mean let's be honest they haven't won much and it's coming home so like I mean they beat Germany 2-0 I 
and all of a sudden it's they've won the tournament but they had the audacity to start making fun of Scots who got a draw against them when they're celebrating a, a, a win against a team that hadn't really turned up to the tournament and all of a sudden they've won the entire tournament because of one game so that's the point that rubs everyone else the wrong way it's that we are so much better than everyone else when let's be honest in the last few years they've literally not won more than Scotland I mean they've not won tournaments so you can qualify all you want but if you're not winning it which which really the big celebration if you're going to then belittle Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland for whenever they went or get into a tournament. So that's that's kind of the issues that I, I have that come from these things is the fact that no matter what we have this we are superior. That's what the media like to portray. And that's why if you actually consider it that the amount of countries around the world that would rather see England lose than win maybe that's something that you have to start looking at your media for is the fact that there's it's not just the home nations like everybody wants to beat England because the way the media act and portray you so this is probably going to be a diverse conversation um, there'll probably be a lot of people that will have an argument against it which as you would have learned on the show bring let me hear your arguments I, I i would love to hear if there's a difference down south i'd love to hear an argument against the kind of feeling that we have or we not generalized a few people that i have seen kind of discussing it that that's the kind of thing so if you have a different take on the matter please by all means get in touch let us know because we'd love to know how you see the media coverage of a lot of these things especially sport i know the media coverage we've discussed quite a lot in this show of more serious matters i know the football and sport in general is not as a serious matter as um a lot of other topics that we've had but at this moment it it is a big moment and it's it's more pointing out that it's not just the big topics that media have this biased and untruthful take on a lot of things. I mean, considering that England played on the Sunday their first game, on the Tuesday during a match between Sweden and another country, they were still going on about an England player's GCSE results. Like, that's the level. And that. A lot of Scots had been arguing that uh, uh, Ali McCoist, who is one of the greatest ever Scottish football players, should be commentating on Scottish games because there's never a Scottish commentator. And the likes of the BBC and the ITV and that had the audacity to say that they can't have a Scot commentating on the Scottish games because of keeping a non-biased sort of programme and then you're like that but when you watch England games all they do is talk about how amazing England are England make a tackle and it's oh how wonderful that tackle was even though it was a foul 
and they just they they act as if oh we never seen that foul but if it's on the other foot it's that German player scythed down the English even though it was a fair tackle and you're like ah, if you're arguing non-bias why the fuck are the England games got bias written all over it like the English can do no wrong during their games and you've got other people that, and, and they make up constant excuses or they had to travel or everybody had to travel it was the Euros everyone was trapped England were the only team that have not had to travel all their games have been played at Wembley I'm sorry, but you do not have the excuse of travel. Wales had to travel to fucking Baku and Azerbaijan, then a game in Russia. So the fact that they got beat 4-0 off Denmark, you can understand that maybe they had a bit of fucking jet lag. But this is, again, the, the media coverage of these things is that England can do no wrong, but everyone else. And the media were covering that Scotland were celebrating a draw. How pathetic that was. And you're like, ah, well, let's consider it this way. England were the only team that hadn't scored against Scotland in the, the group stages. So, uh, Scotland had two goals conceded against the Czech Republic, three goals conceded against Croatia. England couldn't score against us. Their almighty Kane up front that hadn't turned up to the tournament was a constant threat when Scotland kept them under wraps. Sterling had nothing in the game. The only player that done anything in the game was Foden and they replaced him 60 minutes in. So again, the, the English media have this hell-bent regard that England can do no wrong, they're the greatest ever in the fucking world, and that's fair. Like, you would want England to be like that, but don't plaster over every other fucking news segment that has nothing to do with England. Like, if you're going to be biased, you have to allow other nations to be biased. Like, the Croatians are not watching Scottish TV for their game. They're watching Croatian TV, who, funny enough, are biased towards Croatia. It's a crazy concept, I know, but it's how it works. It's These are the things that need to be fixed in order to have a much more supportive home nations in these tournaments. I mean, I've said it before, if I didn't have it shoved down my throat every day about 1966 and 1996, I would perhaps want to see a home nation country, including England, win. It would be great to see a home nation, one of our nations, have won a major tournament. It'd be a great thing, but while we are belittled as a smaller nation that will never surmount to what England can do, I hope everyone absolutely battles them. I hope they get put like they play against Ukraine in the next round. I hope Ukraine win. I'd love to see Ukraine win. Not so much because I have them in the sweepstakes, but because anyone but England is the argument that comes out a lot of people here because we just were so sick of seeing this constant bombardment of how amazing they are when let's be honest it's a sport it's a game it's just it's just beyond a joke now and the fact that the media are even fucking this up is just a statement towards them that's all we're going to go into in that sense we're not going to keep on going on to that because we want to keep these little episodes quite short. They're just little kind of updates and, and talks. But before we finish, I do want to go into our happy ending, which we're going to keep in here. And what I want to talk about is something that has actually come out of England and it's a rewilding, a large-scale nature restoration project which is taking place. It's going to be down in Yorkshire where the barren fells of the Yorkshire Dales attract many uh, neoprene clad rambler as they put it 
but basically the project looks to turn 3,000 acres of heavily grazed hills in the Yorkshire Dales into a biodiverse ecosystem where native wildlife, including red squirrels, cuckoos and black grouse, can th thrive. It's a, a great forward motion in our ecosystem and environmental beauty that is in the UK we have so much greenery why would we not want to try and rewild reintroduce and get more alternative futures for our nation's fells like we have so much greenery there that could be put to this use we've already talked about how far we have come in our green movements but this project looks to plant around 30,000 trees but most of the new woodland will be re realised simply by giving nature space to reclaim the land, also known as passive rewilding. So what it is, is they're going to plant these forests and woodlands and that, and just allow nature to run its course. Just step back and allow the ecosystem to heal itself in these areas. Said uh, As well as sucking up CO2 and boosting biodiversity, wild Ingleborough, could help protect the region from flooding as trees and shrubs act as a drag on flood water. The project is likely to amplify the region's tourism potential amid growing interest in nature restoration projects as highlighted by the popular of the NEP estate in West Sussex. So it's 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 kind of like a knock-on effect of all these other projects that are going. A lot of people are starting to actually see that the good that these things can come from. And it's fantastic to see that more and more government spending and council progress and that can are going towards these projects there's a statement here that says through this project we want to show that a wilder world is a more stable one the net with nature more resilient and able to adapt to change that was from tanya Steele, the chief executive at wwf said we hope to create a rich diverse landscape for people and wildlife to thrive so it just shows that like they say, these woodlands and, and, and bushlands can help protect the human species and our land of, from flooding and, and, and such stuff like that. It's, it's creating better uh, capabilities of removing CO2 from our atmosphere. Surely that's argument enough that we should be doing more of the, these kind of projects to help help our sustainability as opposed to nature and wildlife so it's such a, a fantastic thing to actually see that these things are happening rewilding the tourism sector tour guides in europe are being taught about rewilding through a new training initiative launched in response to increasing interest in species reintroductions the program has been led by rewilding rewilding Europe, which hopes to spark economic opportunities for remote communities and regions that have been benefited from rewilding. They want to help attract visitors to remote spots such as uh, Carpathians in Romania and the Velibit Mountains in Croatia with the lure of accounting wild animals such as lynx and wolves. So again, there's even another forward of this of creating more tourism throughout these smaller areas that could benefit from the the financial benefit of more people coming to see and 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 witness these nature basic phenomena because it's it's one of those things that the more and more that we go down the path that we have been going these creatures and animals won't be here much longer 
So that's why the reintroducing and rewilding of areas and animals is a positive thing. And I'm just so happy that these things are actually taking more of an effect and more people are actually looking at them because without these things, we are doomed to fail. That's it. We've said it on the show countless times. This is what we need to be able to sustain and survive. And I'm just happy that we're finally actually able to get to that point where more and more is happening. With that said, I am going to say thank you for watching. Hopefully this has been enough to kind of keep your drunk tank intake up. As I said at the beginning of the show, we're only going to be doing this for the next couple of weeks, potentially. We will be back with a brand new concept we have plans in place we're looking at new art we're looking at new overlays we're looking at a lot of little little details to make it a better experience we have other projects um for our community so if you're not part of the community please visit the website follow us on twitter follow us on twitch follow us on youtube become part of the community because our community is a fantastic community we, we, we're looking to help each other and that's that's the main goal is if everybody helps each other it's a better place for everyone so if you have any comments on the show any of the topics that we have discussed get in touch through the platforms everything will be linked in the descriptions of each episode get in touch share your views share your opinions let us know if you agree or disagree and why because having these conversations make everyone better so having these conversations if it's against us it will open up our eyes to another argument where we can then do more research and see it's things that perhaps we haven't seen or heard so get in touch let us know um again another massive thank you to pat danger for the intro everybody thank you so much for for joining me today hopefully next week we'll have docs back where he's going to hopefully give us an update and his situation shared topics that he wants to discuss if not i'll be back there will be an episode next week so don't worry about that so everybody thank you for coming and we'll see you next week goodbye